All right. How's everyone doing now? Everyone doing good? Yeah, boss. Oh, all right. All right. I like it. So this is the last week of this uh, series tonight, and we're in the series, I Love You to Death, and I'm so thankful and honored to be able to speak to you guys tonight. And uh, Pastor Mike had just been talking about how to lay down your life and die to yourself and die to your flesh and to lay down your lives for others, as it says in, uh, let me look at my notes before I get the scriptures wrong here, uh, in John 15, 13, where it says, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends and dying to yourself and picking up your cross, as it says in Luke 9, 23, and following after him. So I'm going to be talking tonight, the last week, and tonight if I titled this message, it would be this, is that you have been chosen, so what will you choose? But before I get started, I'm going to kind of introduce myself a little bit. My name is Austin, if you don't already know me. Yeah, boss. So I'm originally from Texas. Yes, I dearly miss Texas. I love Texas so much. And as you can see, I obviously love Coke because I had to bring this up here with me. I don't drink water, okay? I never drink water, ever, okay? I only drink Coke and sweet tea. Yes, now uh, Marissa has got me trying to drink a bottle a day, but it's torture, okay? It's torture. But anyway, so I moved here um, almost three years ago now. I went to a Bible college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and was part of an internship there called IMT, where I met uh, Sam and Cody there, and Kevin Harris was the internship director there, which is the old Genesis pastor before Mike and um, we came here on a spring break mission trips almost like five or six years ago now, which is kind of wild. But we came here and we served here at Northwood and at Water Mission and we came to Genesis and I spoke at the Northwood Chapel. And when I came here, I didn't know anyone here, obviously. I'd never been here. This was, that was my first time. But I felt like God was calling me to move here since that first trip. I just didn't know, but I'd only... I'd lived in Texas my whole life until I went to Tulsa to go to the Bible college, but I felt like God was calling me here. So I continued to pray about it. And then once I finished and graduated the Bible college and got done with the internship, um, I came here, which was almost three years later after that, came here and I stayed with Cody and his family for a couple weeks. And I knew that this is where God was calling me to be. So just a couple weeks after staying with them, I moved down here and I've been here ever since. And I absolutely love Genesis and I love being here. So it's a really crazy story of how I even moved to Tulsa, and it was just a wild, wild time for that, and then it's really crazy how I ended up moving here as well, and it was kind of like Pastor Rodney talked about this past Sunday about it was a divine coincidence. It was a divine moment, you know, that that happened, me moving to Tulsa and then moving here, and that God's not a God of accident, but of purpose, you know, and it was just such a divine time in my life, but just a little bit about how I got to know here, how I moved here, and just a little bit about what I've done, and just kind of getting to know me a little bit. So as I said, we're going to dig right in, is that if I title this message, it would be that you have been chosen. So what will you choose? Each one of us here tonight have been chosen by God because of his love for us, and the, as the ultimate example of sacrificial love and laying down his life for others. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll dig right in. God, I just thank you for tonight, Lord God. I thank you for each and every person here, Lord God. I humble myself before you, Lord God. 
Lord, I'm nothing without you, Lord. I just ask that it's not me speaking tonight, Lord, but that it's you speaking through me, Lord God. I just ask that they don't see me up here, Lord God, but they see you in me, Lord God. And I just give you all the glory and honor and praise for what you're going to do tonight, Lord God, what you're going to speak to each and every person here tonight, Lord God, that it's nothing about me, Lord, but that it's all about you, Lord God. And I just pray that you open up every ear, open up every mind and every heart to receive from you, Lord God, and what you have for us tonight, Lord. And I thank you for that, and I praise you for that. In your mighty name I pray, amen. So I'm going to read some scriptures, and we'll dig right in, as I said. So I'm going to be reading first out of Matthew 27, 17, verses 17 through 26. And just to give a little bit of context, this is where Pilate is asking the crowd where to, to, who to release uh, for the Passover feast, as was customary during that time. And he's asking them to release Barabbas or to release Jesus. And the crowd chooses to release Jesus instead of... Or, chooses to release Barabbas instead of Jesus, and now Jesus is going to die on the cross. So I'm going to read these scriptures, and then we'll continue on. So it's kind of a lot of of scriptures, so just hang with me a little bit. So starting in chapter 27, verses 17, uh, is this, is that, So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with, the, with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the more, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood. And he said, it is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. So as you can see that I want to talk about in this story, just each the different people in this story. I want to talk about Barabbas. I want to talk about the crowd, and I want to talk about Jesus. And I want you guys to think about and honestly ask yourself which one of these people best describes your daily life. So first, so many times we are Barabbas and we are guilty, and we deserve death, but we only care about ourselves and only care about what we want to do in our life and how we want to live it and how we want to do things, and we're only thinking about ourselves, and as long as we go free, that that's all that matters. We don't care about anyone else or anything, that we only want to live our lives how we want to live it and do what we want to do, and that we don't want to die to ourselves, to die to our wants, our pride, or our selfishness, that we love those things more, that we choose those things over the love of Jesus, and that sometimes we may not even realize that we're doing these things. We may not even realize that we're choosing ourselves or choosing our pride or our wants or our desires or that we're only thinking about ourselves, but that we do that and that we are guilty and that we deserve this death, but that we choose ourselves and the things that we want more than what Jesus has for us and his love for us. And so is your daily life like Barabbas? And I'm asking myself these things too and, and being honest with myself and examining myself. And I want you guys to do the same. So 
Then there is the crowd, and we choose other things and other people instead of Jesus and our love for him and his love for us. But instead, we put other things, other people, and even ourselves, as I said, before God. And just as these scriptures said, we are so easily persuaded by the crowd, by what other people say, by what other people will think about us, what will other people say about us and do to us if we scream for Jesus and that if we live for him. And I want you to picture that moment, that in these scriptures, that you're in the midst of this crowd, and it's just a huge crowd, and everyone is screaming to release Barabbas and to crucify Jesus, okay? And that this is so many times our life, that culture, that the people around us, we're so surrounded by the noise and the the trials and the things of life that it's so loud that everyone is screaming to release Barabbas and to crucify Jesus, that I want you to think, what would you do in that moment? What would you do in this scripture? Would you start to scream, join in with the crowd and fit in with the crowd and start to scream, crucify Jesus? Or would you just let it drown you out? That what would you scream in that moment? That what would you choose in that moment? And I know so many times in my own life that, that I am the crowd, you know, that I choose um, I want to please people so much and I want to fit in so much and that I want perfection and success and fitting in and I worry about what other people will think about me or what will people say about me if I choose to scream for Jesus, if I choose to live for Jesus, if I choose to receive his love and to give out his love, that I get, want those things more. I want perfection more. I want success more. I want I end up fitting in with the crowd and living a life of normalcy and doing what everything and everybody else does and just fitting in and just living a life of status quo and just going along with everyone else, going through the motions and just letting my relationship all the while die with Jesus. My relationship with Jesus is struggling. My relationship with Jesus is dying because I choose perfection. I choose success. I choose what other people will say or think about me instead of his love for me and showing that love to the people around me. But when all I need to do is receive the love of Jesus, when I choose the love of Jesus and I begin to receive his acceptance and I walk in who he has called me to be and to do what he has called me to do and that I walk in my identity and who what he, who he says I am and what he has called me to do and I begin to walk in those things. But instead, and just like us so many times that we begin to fit in with the crowd, that we, whoever that may be for you, that whatever that may be for you, that you choose it over Jesus and his love for you, that you fit in with the crowd and that you walk in those things instead of, and let your love for Jesus and his love for you die instead. So then there's Jesus and he's standing there innocent and blameless, the ultimate example of sacrificial love and the whole and of dying to yourself. And all the while the crowd is choosing him to be crucified, choosing him to die, and he's choosing to love them anyways, choosing them to love to love them instead. That he has died for each one of us. And I don't want that to lose its power or its it's effectiveness because we have heard that so many times or that we all know that Jesus died for us. But that is the gospel, that that is the good news, that Jesus died on a cross for each and every one of us, that Jesus chose love, that he chose to die to himself. He chose to lay down his life for each one of us tonight. And that without that 
sacrifice without him being crucified, we couldn't be saved, that we can't save ourselves. It's nothing that we can do on our own, but only because Jesus chose love and that he chose to die to himself and lay down his life for each one of us. And that is the best, most incredible thing I can say to you tonight is that Jesus loves you, that he died on a cross for you, that he chose you, that you have been chosen. So what will you choose? And that if you receive his love and walk in that anointing and his identity and who he has called you to be and his love for you, that is the best, most incredible thing I can say to you. God has called us to walk in his love, that once we receive his love and we have truly experienced his love, it's like Pastor Mike has said the past couple of weeks and even like I talked a little bit, that we begin to walk in his love, that it, we're not just full of knowledge or we're not just full of theology or we're not just full of words, but that we take action as well, and we are start to walk in who God has called us to be and to walk in what he has called us to do and that we are walking in his love and sharing his love with the people around him and that we receive and accept that love and that we take action, that we get in the trenches with the people around us, that we get dirty and we do life with the people around us, showing them the love of Jesus, showing them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and dying to yourself and laying down your life for the people around you, laying down your life for others and getting in the trenches with them and sharing them the love of Jesus with them. That's what he has called us to do, to take action, not just words. But what I want you guys to think about is this, is which best describes your daily life? Is your daily life best described as Barabbas? Am I Barabbas? Am I the crowd? Or am I following Jesus' example and showing the people around me his love and walking in his love? Again, you have been chosen, so what will you choose? I want, you to, I want that to sink in tonight. I want you to really examine yourself of honestly answering which one you are. So now I want to talk a little bit about what holds us back from living this lifestyle of a love to die for and what stops us from dying to ourselves and laying down our lives for others. And I'm going to look at, uh, take a look at Peter in Matthew 26, 31 through 36, as he gives us a look at some of the things, the main thing that I think we all struggle with and deal with the most, and it's going to be on the screen as well. Let me turn to it. It says this in chapter 26, starting at 31 through 36, then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if, I fall, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the, the other disciples said the same. And then we're going to read again in the same chapter, verses 69 through 75. And it says this. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. 
after a little while, those standing with those standing there went up to Peter and said, "Surely you ha- you are one of them. Your accent gives you away." Then he began to call down curses and swore to them, "I don't know the man." Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Now, Peter was a disciple of Jesus. He was a follower of Jesus. And he was walking with him and following him. And, but he denied him three times, just like Jesus said he would. But why? And the main reason is, is because of fear. He was afraid of what He was afraid of the unknown. He was afraid of what people would say about him. He was afraid of dying. He was afraid of what people would do to him, that he let his fear overcome his love for Jesus. And that is so many times, that is us, that we let the fear of the unknown, we let the fear of what it would cost us, we let the fear of what he is going to call us to do, where he's gonna call us to go, what he might ask of us, we let the fear of the unknown or what the crowds will say about us, or what people will say about us in fitting in and afraid of death, that we let the fear overcome the love of Jesus and our love for him when he has called us to walk in that love and to receive it. I've heard so many people say so many times is that if I, that if I choose to love Jesus, I'm afraid that where he's going to call me, what will he call me to do? What if I hate what he's asking me to do? What if I hate where he's asking me to go? And to basically, what if when I choose Jesus, I have to just live a miserable life? And I want to tell you this is that God is a good, good father, that he is the best father and that he loves you so much. And he wants to show you once you receive his love and follow his example and walk in that love, he wants to show you how good he is. And he wants to show you his love for you, but you have to choose to receive it. You have to choose to accept it and to walk in it. But so many times we choose fear over the love of Jesus, just like Peter did, that we lose focus of the love of Jesus. And we focus on the fear. We focus on the unknown. And that this is so many times me is that I let the fear, the chains of fear hold me back from being who God has called me to be and doing what he has called me to do. And that I'm so focused on my circumstances and the people around me and what other people are thinking and saying about me or what it's going to cost me. I'm so afraid of the cost. You know, I don't want it to cost me too much. It's going to cost me too much if I, I'm going to have to leave my family. I'm going to have to leave my friends. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to go there. I'm so worried about the cost and focused on the cost. And I focus on the fear when it's time for a perspective change. It's time for a lifestyle change that we focus on the love of Jesus his love for us, it is what drives us, it what is what compels us, it's what allows us to die to ourselves and lay down our lives for others, and that that is what motivates us, and that once you focus on that love, it's just what you do. You automatically lay down your lives for others. You automatically die to yourself because of his love, and it's kind of hard to explain, but once you truly experience it and start to walk in it, that that's what you do because that is what drives us and compels us is his love for us and our love for him. And then in John 21, verses 15 through 17, after all this, Jesus comes back to Peter and asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And so many times, this is us that 
we focus on the fear, and maybe we've even denied Christ like Peter has. He denied him three times, but what does Jesus do? Again, Jesus chooses love. He chooses to lay down his pride. He chooses to lay down his self for others, and that he's asking you tonight, do you love me? That Peter made mistakes, that he messed up, that he denied Christ, but Jesus comes back and asks him, do you love me? Then feed my sheep, and he's asking you tonight, do you love me? Will you choose me? Will you choose to walk in the love that I have for you and to show the people around you my love for them and my love for you. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. So I want to tell a little bit about a story about when I went to Africa um, almost a year ago now uh, with Kevin Harris as well. Just to kind of give a little bit of example of this fear and just kind of getting out of your comfort zone and doing what God has called you to do and being who he has called you to be and walking in his love. So we went to Africa. We went to Zambia, uh, like I say, almost a year ago. And I've been on numerous mission trips before. Um, I've been to Cambodia and, and Russia and uh, Philippines and just anyways, numerous places. But I'd never been to Africa. I'd never been to Zambia before. And it was just me and Kevin. So it was an incredible experience. But I'll be honest, I was a little bit afraid. I was a little bit afraid of the unknown. I obviously had never been there. And also, I'm a very uh, picky eater, which may seem like a small thing. But I am super, super picky. Like, I, so, I'm so picky on what I eat. So I was kind of like, what am I going to have to eat there? Like, this is Africa, you know. Like, I know they don't have no food. So I brought me, like, a suitcase full of snacks, okay. Don't worry, I was prepared. And we did find a store that had Coke that we drove way out to to get because it was worth it. Um, but anyways, so I, God provided, I'll say that, okay. But so we go out there and we, we get on this, I think it was like a 26-hour plane ride, okay. We get there, then we get at the airport, we drive seven hours out to the bush, okay? And they said the bush, that's what they were calling it, so that's why I'm calling it. They were driving out to the bush. There was literally nothing there. Like, it was just, like, nothing, okay? Then, once we get there, we sleep that night, we get up first thing that morning, and we go out to the villages, and we're going to share the gospel with them. And we get on this little canoe ride, this little canoe that was like, I was like, I don't even think this will hold us at all, and we have to go over this rice field and then this huge river, and I'm like, okay, so I can't even sit down, like, I'm just, like, squatted down in it like that for, I think it was two or two hours, at least two hours, I think it was three, but I'll say at least two to be on the safe side, so a two or three hour canoe ride over this river and rice field, okay, then we get there, but we just crossed the river. That's all we had done yet. The villages that we were going to was still another three-hour walk, okay? So we walked three more hours to get to these villages. And it's nothing about me or what I can do or what Kevin can do, but it was about I had received his love. I'd received the love of Jesus, and I truly experienced it. And I could no longer contain that, that I had to share it with the people around me, that I had to go and do what he had called me to do and be who he had called me to be and walk in his love, walk in his anointing, walk in his power. And truly, because I had experienced it and received it, that's what I had to do. So we go and we go to these villages and there's 
there's, a, there's actually quite a bit of people there, and the chief come out and sit with us. They still have chief there of, like, the whole villages. So you, we talked to them, and these little kids were, like, pointing at us and staring, and we had a translator because they, none of them could speak English, and the kid was, like, kind of, like, hiding behind their parents, and they, the translator was, like, telling, telling us that they had never seen white people before, that we was the first white people they'd ever seen because most missionaries, even if they had come, they wouldn't go that far out um, because it's such a far way out there in the bush. So we were the first white people that they had seen, and this was the first time that some of them had ever heard of the gospel. They had no clue what it was. And we began to share the love of Jesus with them. We shared the gospel with them. And it was all because of his love for me, my love, Jesus' love for me, my love for him, and his love for them, and my love for them because of his love. And once you have truly experienced it, I keep saying that, but once you have truly experienced and received the love of Jesus, it is what drives you, it's what motivates you, it's what compels you to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of the status quo, to get out of living a normal life, to not focus on the fear, to not focus on the problems, to not focus on the circumstances, but again, to walk in his power, to walk in his anointing, to walk in his love, and to die to yourself, to lay down your life for the other people around you, to serve them, and to be who he has called you to be, and to do what he has called you to do, and that is to die to yourself, to lay down your lives for others, to receive his love, and to show that love to the people around you. So that's just a little bit of a story um, when I was in Africa. Also, I had a really incredible experience there, just really quick, that I um, got to hug a lion, that I walked with the lions, and that I also walked with cheetahs. But the cheetahs was pretty cool, but like when I got to the lion, okay, I was, I was going to be honest, I was pretty scared because I was like, this is a lion. Apparently, their killing uh, instincts don't kick in until two years old. These were a year and eight months. So I was, they was like, you're pretty safe. I was like, uh, you know, I don't know about that one, but okay. So I go there, I like hug up on the lion, and then we walk down this like, you know, forest like filled with them. But it was a really cool experience, but it made a huge impact. That trip made a huge impact in my life. And it made a huge impact on those people's life that we shared the gospel with that had never heard it before. And it was all because I had to choose love. I had to choose Jesus. I had to choose to walk in that love and to be who he had called me to be and to do what he had called me to do, that I had to get out of my comfort zone. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to Africa or go on any mission trip, but that whatever your comfort zone is, I encourage you to take a step out of your comfort zone to receive his love and to be able to start walking in that love and showing the people around you his love and to be, let that be what compels you, to let that be what drives you, to let that be what motivates you because once you truly experience it, you can't contain it to just yourself, but that you have to let it out. So just some steps that we can take, just um, kind of some practical steps that I was thinking about and praying about and and just so you know, I've been praying about this message for over a month, and I've been praying for each one of you tonight that would be here for over a month, and I'm just truly expectant of what God is going to do from this, nothing because of what I said or nothing of what I can do, but all because of him and his love for you, That letting that be what motivates you and compels you to do these things. But um, I just encourage you to, very simple is to, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, that every day this week that you spend time reading his word, that you spend time praying, and that you spend time listening to worship music because you can only 
um, let out and show the people the love of Jesus once you've experienced it. You can't pour out of, of yourself spiritually if you're spiritually empty. So you have to be poured into. So I encourage you guys to spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, and spend time listening to worship music every day this week, even if it's just, just for 10 minutes so you can let that pour out of you to others and show people his love for you. Then another thing is to just simple thing is just say something encouraging, motivating, and uplifting to one person this week. You know, that's such an easy thing to do, but just an encouraging word can really make someone's day, and that's an easy way to show someone the love of Jesus is to say an encouraging word to someone. Then there's something else that you can do, and that is to serve someone. Serve your family. Serve your friends. Serve someone you don't know. Serve here at the church on Sundays or Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights is to get connected, get plugged in, and serve someone. It can be simple as taking out the trash, that whatever that is, is that you get involved and that you serve the people around you. Serving is such a key way to showing people the love of Jesus and dying to yourself and laying down your life for others. And so that's another simple thing that you can do. Another thing that you can do is join a small group. We have small groups here at Genesis, and we all have, also have a lot of small groups at the church. So I really encourage you to get joining get plugged in and join a small group. That's a very good way to grow and to be sharpened. And then one more thing is this, is that to be discipled. And this is, there's an easy way to do that through the discipleship initiative here. But even if it's not through that, that I encourage you to be discipled by someone. This is what Jesus has called us to do, is to be discipled and to make disciples of him. So I encourage you, this is a, that's an easy way to be sharpened, to learn, to grow, whether you've been saved for years or whether you just got saved tonight, that all these things that you can do starting tonight and doing them this week. So those are just some final, or those are just some um, easy, practical things that you can do to die to yourself, to lay down your lives for others, and to begin to walk in that starting tonight, starting this week, and to do those easy things. And there's plenty more of examples and things that you can do. So I encourage you guys to spend some real time in prayer asking what God wants you to do and how you can do that and what he's called you to do, and then to do that as well. So... Those are just kind of some practical steps. But to close out is this, is that you have been chosen by Jesus. So what will you choose? Are you going to focus on the fear? Are you going to focus on the problems? Are you going to focus on your circumstances? Are you going to focus on the cost? And what I want you to think about this is don't focus on what will cost, what it will cost you if you do this, if that, if you choose Jesus, but what will it cost you if you don't? Because the impact that you make, not only in your life, but the lives around you, just like me going to Africa, think if I would have chosen, I'm too busy to spend time with you, Lord. I choose the world. I choose perfection. I choose success. I choose fitting in with the crowd that I choose to crucify Jesus and release Barabbas, that I choose myself over you, that they may have never heard the gospel, all because I chose myself. So I want you to think about not what it will cost you if you do it, but what will it cost you if you don't? What lives around you will not be impacted, will not be changed, will not be affected, all because you chose yourself, you chose to release Barabbas, you chose to fit in with the crowd instead of walking in the love of Jesus, receiving his love, and walking in that power and anointing and doing and being who he has called you to be and what he has called you to do. That's what I want to be at the forefront of your minds, especially this week, is that what will it cost me if I don't choose to receive the love of Jesus and to share that love with the people around me and to die to myself and lay down my life 
for others and to take up my cross and to follow him and follow after Jesus with all that you have. And let that be what drives you. Let that be what compels you. Let that be what motivates you. It's his love for you, his love for the people around you, for every single person has been chosen, but what will you choose? That his love for you is all that you need. It is everything that you need. You just have to receive it and to choose it, that you have been chosen. So what will you choose? You guys can go ahead and stand, and then I'm going to pray, and then we will go right in to worship. God, I just thank you for tonight, Lord God. I thank you for each and every word that you have spoken through me, Lord. I pray that it, that you spoke to every person here tonight, Lord God, that they received something from you tonight, Lord, that you spoke to them, Lord God. And I just pray that we choose you tonight, Lord God, that if we're not saved, Lord God, but that we choose your salvation, that we choose to ask forgiveness for our sins and make you the Lord of our lives and be a, receive your love and to walk in that love, Lord God, that we choose you over ourselves, that we die to ourselves and we lay down our life for you, Lord, and for the people around us and for others, Lord. And I just pray that we begin to walk in that. And I thank you for each and every one of these things. In your mighty name I pray, amen.